Welcome to the Mission Driven Mom Podcast, the place where moms just like you are empowered with all the knowledge, skills, and tools you need to discover, pursue, and fulfill your personal life mission while still putting motherhood first. All right, super excited to be here. My name is Audrey Billisbacher. I'm a mother of six. I'm the founder of the Mission Driven Mom, and I have a bachelor's degree in liberal arts. I'm just finishing up a master's degree in education because I've been fascinated with education for a really long time. Um, I've been studying great people and what makes them tick and how they are able to have great positive impact in the world. And so I've uncovered seven laws of life mission and they're cataloged in the Mission Driven Life uh, book. And you can get that for free over at the Mission Driven Mom if you want a copy of that. I'm gonna discuss how to kickstart your self-discovery. And we're gonna talk about what self-discovery is and what self-discovery is not, and why does self-discovery is so important. I'm gonna introduce you to some really valuable tools, to one specific very valuable tool that's going to help you better understand how to get started on your self-discovery journey and help you be a more effective mother in addition. So that's gonna be awesome. Now tonight, we're going to talk about one of those laws, which is love of self. And there's three key principles in love of self and one is self-discovery. And so we're going to talk about self-discovery and the net result of that will be that we will be able to better love ourselves. We have a Facebook group, the Mission Driven Mom Mastermind. And in the Facebook group this last week, I posed a question that I pose a lot to, women's and, to women and to moms. And the question was, what is your greatest strength? And it was fascinating because I got the same response that I often get from moms about self-discovery. Um, when I ask them about their strengths, they usually say things like, I don't know, or I'm not comfortable talking about this, or um, how can I be a good, righteous woman and follow God if I'm not focused on my weaknesses? And we're going to address that specific concern. And so the woman in the group this week said, maybe my greatest strength is to see my weaknesses. And that's a fascinating idea. Um, it's probably not your greatest strength to see your weaknesses, just so you know. So I, I, I want to share a story with you about my experience um, with this and my own strengths and my own weaknesses and what I discovered on this journey for myself. So uh, several years ago, we were part of the whole real estate bubble in the West. My husband was a real estate agent and a builder. And so that took a devastating toll on our business and on our finances. And we decided we were going to pack up and move to Texas where the market was more stable so that we um, wouldn't have to deal with the, the icky real estate market anymore. And so we went to a town where my mom lived and my stepsister happened to live there too. And she is an amazing, amazing woman. And, you know, she was, she's beautiful and her husband's a doctor. So she's very well off. She lived in a beautiful home and she had a whole bunch of awesome kids that were, you know, good, obedient, nice kids. And she was involved in serving in the community all the time and in, in the church. 
she, uh, she seemed to always be able to see people's needs and know what they needed. She had a lot of friends. She was very social. And um, I watched her, you know, and then, and then here I am. <laughs> I've got number six on the way. And we just kind of were blown out of the water financially by this real estate bubble and crash. And so we're going there with not a whole lot of assets. And I'm um, feeling really unsuccessful. I'm feeling really bad about myself. I'm feeling really bad about where I'm at in my life. You know, we're the same age. We should be at the same place. I should be her. I should, my life should look like hers. I should have the success that she has. And, um, and it doesn't. Now, the bigger problem for me was that as I watched her, I had, I've come to see that this was a faulty paradigm. But at the time, I really believed that she represented like the pinnacle, righteous, God-fearing woman. She represented what I should be. What my life should look like, but also just as a person, what I should be. And I wasn't her. I didn't have the social skills that she had. I didn't have the ability to see people's needs like she did. You know, she was always taking somebody food or running somebody somewhere or doing something wonderful for them. And so I really felt like I didn't measure up and I was really, really down on myself, not only because of where we were at as a family, but because of how I felt about myself personally and how certainly God wasn't very pleased with who I was because I was supposed to be like her and I wasn't. So the irony in this whole situation is that in the meantime, the grassroots movement goes crazy. And because I had studied, because I had this liberal arts bachelor's degree, um, <laughs> thank you, because I had this liberal arts bachelor's degree and I had studied government and economics and I had taught it, I got caught up in this grassroots movement and people started to ask me to speak. And I had had some experience speaking in the homeschool circles. And, and so I was a little bit more comfortable doing that. And it, it just grew and grew and grew. I was, it got to the point where I was speaking once a week. I was on the radio. I was at rallies. I started teaching government and economics. Uh, the first class that we held, there were, I don't know, 100 people in the room. And, um, and it turned into an online course that I created and, and taught to a, a lot of people. And then these grassroots groups all over in Eastern Texas and into, um, into Louisiana were using this stuff that I was teaching about these principles of liberty. But to me, my life didn't look like my sister-in-law's. And so that meant that I wasn't serving and I wasn't righteous and I wasn't what God wanted me to be because I had this certain picture perfect ideal about what I was supposed to be and I didn't measure up. And, um, and so even after all of those experiences and a lot of praise from people and I was happy to help, I was glad that I knew this information and that it was blessing people and that it was having a positive impact, but it took moving away and going to actually about a year later, I went to a mom's retreat and at this mom's retreat, there was this speaker and she had us take out a notebook and I can't even remember all the questions she asked or all the things that she did, but God taught me a really important lesson when I was there. Um, 
I, I don't remember how it happened or what question she had asked or what thought process led up to it. But at one point during this presentation, when I was sitting there listening to her and I was taking all these notes and I was thinking about this whole circumstance with this stepsister and everything that had just gone on in my life the last few years, um, I realized that God doesn't make mistakes and that I wasn't a mistake, that he didn't mess up when he made me. And that meant that he must have made me a certain way for a certain reason. And all of a sudden, my whole paradigm shifted. And instead of thinking of myself as someone who didn't measure up to God's standard, someone who didn't do all the right picture-perfect things, a woman who wasn't the ideal righteous woman, all of a sudden I thought of myself, I started to think about the things that I felt like I was good at. Like for example, this stepsister is very extroverted. She loves to be with people. She reaches out to people. She holds a lot of parties. She has a lot of friends and I've never had a huge friend circle and I've never been extroverted. I prefer to regenerate on my own and to spend time alone. And so when my paradigm changed, I started to think, well, rather than thinking that God messed up and that there was something wrong with me, maybe it was important that I was an introvert. Maybe somehow that was an asset. Maybe that was a blessing because it was going to enable me to do something that I couldn't do if I was an extrovert. So my whole thinking flipped around. So I want to ask you, um, if you have ever felt the way that I was feeling, if you have felt like you didn't measure up, like you didn't, you weren't who you were supposed to be, that you didn't meet the ideal, that maybe God wasn't pleased with you, that other people were doing a better job than you. So you know what I'm saying here. You understand how I was feeling. And that's why this paradigm shift was so massive. It's so interesting because I have a, I have a pod group that meets in the morning and we're going over the curriculum that will be released in the fall in the academy. And we started going through some of the self-discovery stuff. And these women started saying the same thing that the woman in the Facebook group said this week to this question when I asked, what are your strengths? They started saying, well, if we focus on our strengths, then we won't, we won't strengthen our weaknesses and we won't become like God and we won't become who we're supposed to be. So I want to read you something from some of the material that we're going to go through because um, they say it better than I can say it. This is from a book that we're going to talk about in just a minute called Living Your Strengths. And this is how, this is how they address this specific issue that we have. As women especially, we do this even more than men. If you're like most people, you've grown up with the weakness prevention model. You've been told that to become strong, successful, or to truly serve God and the world, you must fix your weaknesses. You have been told that your talents and strengths are a source of sinful pride, that thinking is just plain wrong. In Gallup's research into human potential over the last 30 years, including interviews with more than 2 million people, the evidence is overwhelming. You will be most successful in whatever you do by building your life around your greatest natural abilities rather than your weaknesses. Your talents should be your primary focus. And that's italicized with a 
uh, explanation point. The problem is that most people don't even know what their greatest talents are or how to go about discovering them. And I have found this to be true as I've taught classes over the years and as I've found resource after resource after resource that helps you discover what you're good at, I've seen that um, we really think that we know who we are. We really think that because we've lived with ourselves all our lives and we've seen our weaknesses and we know ourselves intimately and we don't know others as well as we know ourselves, that we know what our capacity is, we know what our strengths and weaknesses are, we know what we're capable of. But actually, God's the only one that knows that. You don't know that. And so he wants to reveal that to you, but that, that requires some work and some effort on our part and that requires stepping out into the dark. So they go on and say, Remember that God has given you a unique combination of talents. God also places within you a calling, a calling to serve others, a calling to ministry. Your calling is what God wants you to do with your life. Your talents and strengths determine how you will get it done. When you discover your talents, you begin to discover your calling. Like everyone, you've been blessed by God with a deep reservoir of untapped potential. That potential is your talent waiting to be discovered and put to use in your life. It's time for you to unleash the power of that potential and to begin to discover your unique talents. They, like many good God-fearing people, know that we have a calling from God and that in order to fulfill that calling, we have to be focused on our strengths. But as women, that feels prideful, that feels awkward. And in the next few minutes, I'm gonna to talk to you about some of my talents and it feels kind of like bragging and it feels a little uncomfortable. And that's because that's just kind of how we're wired. It's fantastic that we're humble by nature and that we want to be careful what we say to other people. But I wanna do two things in the next few minutes. I wanna attack your paradigm about yourself and offer you this new way of looking at yourself, that you have this untapped potential, this incredible capacity and these talents that you don't even know that you have and that God wants you to focus on your strengths so that you can be of service to him. And then I want to introduce you to a really awesome tool that will help you kickstart your um, self-discovery. Now, when I was living in Texas, what was I doing? I was doing two really dangerous things that cause us to totally miss out on mission. The first one is comparison. My favorite quote, comparison is the thief of joy. There's all kinds of relationship building I could have done and all kinds of better positive experiences I could have had had I not been so, but I not spent all my time comparing, comparing myself and then of course falling short because I don't know what really goes on in the mind of this woman and I don't know who she really is and I don't, I don't know. And I think I know myself, but I really, anyway, just had the wrong paradigm. And the second really damaging thing I was doing was of course focusing on my weaknesses rather than my strengths. So we're gonna talk for the next few minutes about this tool called StrengthsFinder. Okay, um, it's something that because it's a little more of a financial commitment and because we have a lot of other valuable stuff to do in the academy that's just in the enrichment section, but I wanna talk to you about why it's so valuable and how it's gonna help you to kickstart your self-discovery and help you as a mom. Um, this is at the beginning of the book. They say it really well, so I'm just gonna read it to you, this story, it's really fascinating. If you've seen the movie Rudy, you've heard of Rudy Rudiger. He was a 23-year-old groundskeeper at Notre Dame Stadium. He was 5'6", 165 pounds, and this young man clearly didn't possess the physical ability to play big-time college football, but he had ample heart. Rudy worked tirelessly to gain admission to Notre Dame so he could play football there, 
Eventually, after being rejected three times, he was accepted at Notre Dame and soon thereafter earned a spot on the football team's practice squad. For two years, Rudy took a beating in daily practices, but he was never allowed to join his team on the sidelines. Then, after trying as hard as he could for two seasons, Rudy was finally invited to suit up for the final game of his senior year. In the last moments of this game, with a Notre Dame victory safely in hand, Rudy's teammates lobbied their coach to put him in the game. In the final seconds, the coach sent Rudy in for a single play, and he tackled the opposing team's quarterback. It was a dramatic moment, and of course, Rudy became an instant hero. Fans chanted his name and carried him off the field. Rudiger was later invited to the White House, where he met President Bill Clinton, Colin Powell, and football legend Joe Montana. While Rudy's perseverance is admirable, in the end, he played a few seconds of college football and made a single tackle after thousands of hours of practicing. So this is one of our favorite movies. It's definitely my husband's favorite movie. I can't even tell you how many times we've watched it. And so the first time I was introduced to StrengthsFinder and read that, I have pondered it so much. He, he goes on to say, the inspirational nature of this story actually masks a significant problem. Overcoming deficits is an essential part of the fabric of our culture. Our books, movies, and cult, cult folklore are filled with stories of the underdog who beats a million and one odds, and this leads us to celebrate those who triumph over lack of natural ability even more than we recognize those who capital, capitalize on their innate talents. So one of the things he goes on to say is how, uh, like in school, for example, if, if a student shows a lot of natural ability in one area, we often say, okay, they're getting A's there, they're good to go, and we let it rest. And then we put all our energy into math or science or art or whatever it is where they're falling short. Instead of capitalizing on what they has proven to be their natural talent and taking that as far as they can possibly go with that natural ability. This is how Strength Finder works. You buy a book, this one's $30, okay? Uh, they're $25 to $30. In the back of the book is this little access code. Once you break it open and get your code, then you're going to go to the website and you're going to take a test. And it's a great test. I mean, they have, in Living Your Strengths, they have a whole section in the back of the book about how many tens of millions of people have taken the test and how the data is really consistent. You can take it six months or several years from now and it will, it will come up with the same information. So it's really fantastic. And, um, and you take this test, but you want to make sure that you get a new one, because if you get a used one online, often somebody's already taken the test and all you're getting is the information, but you want to make sure that you can take the test, because that's when the information makes sense. Now, here's what's important to know going in. It's called StrengthsFinder, but actually it's measuring talents. They said that they thought about calling it Talent Finder, but they wanted people to develop strengths, so they decided to focus on strengths. There's actually three components to strength, okay? There's talent, skill, and knowledge. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna read here what, give you the definitions of those three things so you understand what this is measuring. A talent is a natural recurring pattern of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productively applied. Now, one of the things that I've learned in my years of research about self-discovery, I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about, well, I'll just, it's just really cool. But one of the things is that we can have talents that are thinking patterns. Like in our culture, we think about talents as exterior behaviors, right? Like um, you have a talent to do athletics or you have a talent to do 
art or whatever it is. But talents can actually be the way you think. They can be the way that you behave. And it talks about how unlike skills and knowledge, talents naturally exist within you and cannot be acquired. That's super important to recognize that when you take this StrengthsFinder test, it's going to give you a readout of your top five talents. And they can be applied in a whole myriad of situations uh, based on other interests and values that you have, okay? And so you and another person might have the same talent, but you might produce things that look very, very different from each other. A skill is a basic ability to move through the fundamental steps of a task. They are acquired. So things like adding and subtracting, giving a patient an objection, using software to prepare a presentation. That's a skill set. Anybody can learn that. And as you learn skill sets and match them to your talents, then you have more ability to have positive impact. Okay. Now, knowledge is just simply knowledge. It's what you know. And you're going to acquire knowledge based on your area of interest. It says um, you can acquire any kind of knowledge, any way that you want. And an important difference between talents and skills and knowledge is that although skills and knowledge can be acquired, their apl applicability is restricted because they are situation specific. So um, we're gonna talk about one of my talents today from the thing, and it is input, okay? That means that I'm good at collecting stuff. Now, I could be good at collecting all kinds of things. I could collect butterflies, one person that it reminds me of, if you ever heard of Snowflake Bentley, he was good at collecting pictures of snowflakes. He spent uh, 20 years, I don't know how many years, outside in the cold taking photographs of snowflakes. And most of what we know about snowflakes is because he had this major, huge talent of input, and he, that's what he collected was pictures of um, snowflakes. Now, I collect books. Somebody said to me the other day, <laughs> Uh, why didn't I just get books online and all that kind of stuff? No, I collect books. I collect information in books. That's what I do for input. So you're going to gain knowledge and skills, and you're going to match those to your talents to create strengths in specific areas that can be applied to mission work. Now, this is just one tiny component of the self-discovery that you can engage in. These five talents that they're going to tell you about are just one of a whole bunch of other different things that you can learn about yourself because you are so much more gifted than you think you are. I was at a I was at a was at a church meeting, and this was a this was a this was a meeting for women, and um, the woman teaching the class went around before the class and she had all these roses. And she handed, I don't know, five or six or seven roses to random women in the group and asked them that when the time was right, when she asked them, they were going to bring the rose up to the front of the classroom. They were going to put it in a jar that she had there, and they were going to tell everybody one of their strengths, something that they were good at. And it was, it was so eye-opening to me. I could not believe it. Woman after woman went up to the front of the room and said things like, I'm good at sleeping in, or I honestly can't think of anything. And I, I am on a mission to change that, change that paradigm because women, you are incredibly gifted. And as mothers, you can use those gifts to do tremendous things in your home and outside your home with your children. So 
after you take the strength finders test, it's going to spit out your top five strengths. Okay. Um, mine are, I'll tell you really quick. Learner. So I love to learn anything all the time. And I love the process of learning intellection. That means I love to think. That means I can think for long periods of time uninterrupted without getting mentally exhausted. It means I love to pose questions to myself and come up with the answers. I just love to think and be challenged mentally. Input, like I said, I love to collect and archive information. Achiever, this means I'm hardworking, I love to be productive, and I, work, is my, work is play to me. And one of the things, um, some of the things that really upset me about myself when I was living in Texas is that I hated that I was so ambitious. I knew deep down inside that I really had this deep desire to accomplish things, and I thought that that was somehow unfeminine. I thought that it wasn't the right way to be. I thought that I should calm down and not be that way. I didn't like that I um, was so bookish. That didn't seem like a God-fearing way to be, that I always would rather kind of read books and gather information. And so I want to I want to show you something in this book because it had such a huge impact on me. When you get your answer back, there's 34 different strengths. It's going to tell you your top five. And once you go back in with your top five, it's going to have a description of it. It's going to have some testimonials of people when they talk about what it was like. And then they're going to have a whole bunch of ideas for action. So it's super helpful because it tells you things that you can do to engage in that. So I, I, I take this test, I open the book, and I go to this first line. Your achiever theme helps explain your drive. Achievers, achiever describes a constant need for achievement. And that word need was so transformational for me because it wasn't something, A, it wasn't something wrong with me. B, it was something good about me, something I was strong at, but also it was a need. I need to achieve things in order to be happy, in order to be fulfilled. And so as you find these strengths, it'll show you what those needs are that will help you to feel fulfilled. Now, my last one is strategic. And one of the things that it says about strategic is I have this ability to look beyond the current circumstances and see what's coming down the road. Two anticipate the consequences of certain actions and behaviors. And that makes me able, you know, these, it's in here. I'll read this really quick to you. And here's why. It's not because I'm so cool or great. All of you guys have five of these that are just as cool and great that you're just as fantastic at. And when you read them and internalize them, you're going to start feeling differently about yourself and you're going to start thinking, wow, I, this, is, this is something I really am good at and I could, I could do something with this information and I could feel good about myself. It has three little testimonial things about the strategic gift and all three of them say the same thing. It seems as if I can always see the consequences before anyone else can. I'm always playing out repercussions, seeing where things lead. I suppose it just comes naturally to me to predict what someone else is going to do. And what that means in practice is that I'm always weighing all of the potential options and trying to find the very best path there. So this whole experience in Strikes Finder has been super validating for me. 
And I wanted to take this half an hour and share it with you and just let you know that I struggle with comparison. I struggle with focusing on my weaknesses. I have seen, and here's the devastatingly sad part. It's not sad now because things have changed in my life. But at the time, I was seeing my talents as weaknesses. That's the irony. I thought that the things that I was best at, the way that God had made me, was somehow fundamentally wrong. And it was absolutely right. So when I wanted to reach out to moms and I wanted to share the things that I'd learned and I wanted to help them on their mission path, I built an organization around my five strengths. What am I best at? Gathering information and learning and cataloging it and strategizing it and working really hard. So I built an organization that meets my need that can also meet a need in the world. Thus, it's a calling, it's mission. So the last piece of this is how it will help you in your parenting. There are four leadership styles um, that go along with this, okay? Executing, influencing, relationship, and strategic. And you see how these, they're listed down, uh, different strengths are listed below them. So there's another book that you can get called Strengths-Based Leadership. I'm gonna warn you that it's expensive and that it's not, there's not very much information in it because it's another one of the books that has the test in the back and so the, most of the book is made up of all the same information. And so they only have like two or three pages that even talk at all about these different um, leadership styles. And then they give some examples of each from people who run corporations. And they show how you could run a corporation, you would just run it different. One of the most important things that I've discovered with this whole, I have to work on my weaknesses, I can't work on my strengths paradigm, especially from a religious perspective. Because the paradigm is that in order to be righteous, we have to work on our weaknesses. When you discover your strengths and you partner with God to develop, well, talents, and you partner with God to develop those talents by developing your knowledge and skill set, you open a way for you to do something for God using your strengths. And as you do so, guess what happens? Your weaknesses surface. I struggle with getting up in the morning. Guess what? As I work, I, it, it's less and less of a problem for me. The more I work on this program, the more I, that weakness is not a weakness anymore. And the reason is because I have the innate motivation. I'm working where I'm strong. I feel confident. I enjoy it. And so I'm more driven to work on that weakness as a means to an end. I'm not just working on the weakness because I believe in God and I think he doesn't like it. I really want to work on the weakness even more now because I want to accomplish this thing for him using my strengths and my strengths help my weaknesses um, to be buoyed up and overcome and strengthened. Does that make sense? So as a mom, as we start looking at this strengths-based leadership component, restorative and achiever, okay? Those are two of my husband's highest. He's an executive leader. And that means he loves a to-do list. He needs to check things off the list. So he works best when he sits down he thinks about the family, he thinks about the kids, he thinks about what they need, he actually puts it into his schedule and he checks it off as a task done. In strategic, four of my five strengths are in strategic. I'm a strategic planner. It says specifically the strategic thing can't be taught because talents can't be taught. And so I parent differently. I'm always looking to the future. I'm always trying to prepare my kids for what's coming. And I'm using my input and learning strengths to find tools and information for them to help them foresee the consequences and help them prepare for the future. So 
as you understand your strengths and you start to get comfortable with them, you can pair it using your strengths. The other two are influencing and relationship building. I know moms that are brilliant at building relationships between their children and relationships with the outer community and with their children. Um, I'm really inclined to think that the, this was Father Ten Boom's leadership style was relationship building, which is why there were always people in the home. He knew everybody in the community, and he was able to build strong relationships everywhere he went. So as a parent, you'll use your five strengths to identify your leadership style, and then you'll use that in your home and stop feeling like you don't measure up because you don't parent somebody else. You don't parent your kids the way somebody else does. You're confident in the way that you parent because you know it's based on your strengths and you can give your children what they need using your strengths. Now, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, your weaknesses can become strengths as you use your strengths for God. Um, don't worry about your weaknesses. I promise they will surface. You don't have to focus on them. They will show up. You have permission, my permission and God's permission. Go look in your scripture, find all the places where he encourages you to find your talents, where he tells you that you have talents, where he tells you like Jesus taught that you're gonna be condemned if you don't use your talents, discover and use them for the good of others because that's really his plan for you. Uh, here's a couple quotes I wanna reiterate from Living Your Strengths to finish off. You will be most successful in whatever you do by building your life around your greatest natural abilities rather than your weaknesses. Your talent should be your primary focus. You are not expected to be who you are not. You are expected to be who you are. Thanks so much for joining me. To get your free copy of my ebook, The Mission Driven Life, visit themissiondrivenmom.com. And to dig deeper and become part of our community of mission-driven moms, Join us in the Mission Driven Mom Mastermind Facebook group and check out the MDM Academy. See you next time.